Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, August 14th, 2022, and we are live. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Well, I was on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. Many of you saw me there. We talked uh, among a number of different topics. We talked about uh, FBI search warrants served to Mar-a-Lago this past Monday, Monday, uh, August 8th, 2022, and the fallout from that and all the lies coming from the traitor-in-chief, Benedict Donald, and um, uh, all all the... uh, uh, Conspiracy theories coming from the right wing, coming from uh, Republicans as well, and circling the wagon around Donald Trump. And then on Thursday, we got the news that uh, among the documents that the Department of Je- that, that the FBI was looking for, among the documents that the FBI was looking for were documents pertaining to nuclear weapons. Okay, uh, I was so we talked about this from Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm gonna let you hear. Uh, a couple of excerpts of that show. And then I was on Faraji Muhammad's show, The Culture, on uh, Roland Martin's network, the Black Star Media Network. Uh, I was on uh, Faraji, I made my debut on Faraji Muhammad's show this past Wednesday, August 10th. And we discussed that as well. And I dealt with a lot of history. I was on Faraji, I was actually, let me re- let me rephrase that. I was on as Faraji Muhammad's co-host. They had me on his, as his co-host. Okay, and I was on for two hours. So two weeks ago, you 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 all here on 19 a.m. the Superstation heard me uh, as uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's co-host on Keeping It Real. He had me on for two hours on his show two Wednesdays ago, and then for Roger Muhammad had me on his show for two hours on Wednesday as well. So I'm moving I'm moving on up. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm moving on up. Now we gonna see where I move to, but. <laughs> But I'm moving on up. So things are things are happening. We try to make things happen and, and keep the bills paid at the same time. But we talked about this a lot on Faraji Muhammad show. So I have a great segment I want to share with you uh, dealing with that. We talked about Trump and Mar-a-Lago and on Faraji's show as well as Roller Martin Unfiltered. I talked about a lot of history as well because I'm not just a radio talk show host, but I'm also a historian as well. OK, so we're going to deal with some of those topics. Now, also, Brianna Taylor, you know, last um on last Sunday's show, we talked about Breonna Taylor and we talked about the Department of Justice uh, indicting four uh, officers uh, in Kentucky in her uh, killing for Louisville, Kentucky, in, in the killing of Breonna Taylor that took place in March 2020. Right. So uh, we got the news. Um, we got the news this past week. I think it was Thursday or Friday. There was an article from The Washington Post. We talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered also. One of the officers who's accused of falsifying the search warrant, okay, uh, or, or arrest warrant, one of the officers uh, who is search warrant, I had it right the first time, search warrant, uh, Officer uh, Goodlett, Kelly Goodlett, okay, a white female, she, her attorney says she's going to plead guilty in this federal case. She's going to be the first officer to plead guilty. And uh, she is, is believed that she is going to become a witness for the prosecution. The first one who who uh, the first one who admits guilt and speaks and gets a plea, they get the best deal. 
That's what's happening. That's good news there because you have accountability. It's, it's, it took 874 days for an indictment to happen. It took 874 days for an indictment to happen. But you have some accountability coming uh, in the killing of Breonna Taylor. All right. So we're going to talk about that on, on uh, today's show as well. I have a great segment from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered where uh, we talked about this on Roland's show. Now, also, R. Kelly is back in the news, okay? Kales, R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. Uh, he, I, bet, I bet he wishes he can fly right now. Um, his trial on child pornography charges in Chicago is coming up starting this week, actually starting Monday, okay? So we're going to talk about that as well let you know what's going on there. That's very interesting. Um, I think it was Chicago Sun-Times that had an article uh, dealing with uh, the trial coming up with R. Kelly, okay? So we'll discuss that. And then there was a very interesting article, uh, and we talked about this some in my uh, online class today, uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. There was a very interesting article that dealt with how um, it was a group of historians who met with President Biden for almost two hours on August 4th. And these historians, and some of them you see on MSNBC, Michael Beschloff, as well as John Meacham, these historians are warning President Biden that democracy is teetering. And one of the references that they made is the period of time leading up to the U.S. Civil War. And this is something I've been talking about here on this show. I've been talking about on Roland Martin's show. I talked about it on Reverend Al Sharpton's uh, show, Politics Nation. Uh, we talked about it on Faraji Muhammad's show, The Culture, this past Wednesday. All right. This and this is a, a critical, critical uh, period in history that we're dealing with. And as I said before, and once again, the call in number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600. We're live this Sunday, August 14th, 2022. You're live two hours with Michael M. Hotel. As I said before, I was never one of these people who parroted the narrative coming from corporate media and coming from the pollsters that Democrats, it was automatic that Democrats were going to lose control of the House of Representatives, lose control of the U.S. Senate. I, I never bought into that narrative. Number one, I study politics. So the you, you compare the accomplishments and policies of the Democrats, compare that to the Republicans is much better. Just this past week, you had the, you had the chips bill signed into law dealing with microchips. You had the uh, Friday, you had the uh, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that passed the House of Representatives. It's going to be signed into law this week. You've had a number of wins uh, for uh, President Biden and the Biden-Harris administration just in these past six weeks. But that's on top of the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, the $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure bill. And uh, most Americans don't know the infrastructure bill is passed. That's on top of all these other accomplishments that have happened. So the way I frame this, and I talked to, I said this on uh, Faraji Muhammad's show and it blew him away. The way I frame this 2022 midterm election is that this is the first midterm election since an insurrection that has taken place in this country since the 1866 midterm election, the year after the Civil War ended. 
I know all the pollsters and Steve Kornacki on MSNBC, I know they like to say, oh, well, except for two times in the past 100 years, the party that's in, 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 in the White House has lost seats in the House of Representatives or the Senate in the first midterm elections. All that goes out the window. You've never had, everybody listen to me, you've never had a sitting president incite an insurrection and call for the vice president to be executed. You've never had that in the history of this country. You never had a sitting president send domestic terrorists to the U.S. Capitol building to interrupt a constitutionally mandated process of certifying the electoral college votes so that the sitting president can overthrow the government and stay in power. That has never happened in the history of this country. So you can't look at these midterm elections just as business as usual. No, it's not. Not if you understand history. It's not business as usual. And then when you look at the article, and we talked about this today in, in my Sunday online history class that I teach, uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So some of you watching were in uh, today's class. We talked about this article here that came out um, August, came out Wednesday, August 10th. Historians privately warned Biden that America's democracy is teetering. Historians privately warned Biden that America's democracy is teetering. Well, he has enough sense to meet with historians. See, Trump doesn't have enough sense to do with that. Oh, he put together the 1776 commission with their ahistorical account of history in this history. But Donald Trump doesn't have enough common sense to do something like this. When Biden with historians last week at the White House, they compared the threat facing America to the to the pre-Civil War era and to pro-fascist movements before World War II. We're going to talk about this later on in the show. OK, that's from August 10th, 20. This is what I've been warning people about. This is exactly what I've been talking about. OK. All right. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about our Kelly. I got these new earbuds because I broke my uh, other earbuds yesterday in class. So I got these. These keep popping out of my ear. I got to buy some new earbuds. It never ends. Um, and we're going to give you a uh, we'll review some of the things that we talked about in our online class this weekend. Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865-1968. Now. On the African History Network show, we focus on educating and empowering African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right to wrong behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do it, teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history, politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, love, sex, health issues, and much more, and relationships. I keep Sometimes I keep forgetting relationships. It has a lot to do with what's going on in my life, but <laughs> and relationships, okay? Long story. Uh, <laughs> and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. To sign up for our email, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, calling number 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Okay, so there was a, um, 
when we come back from the break, I'm, I'm going to let you hear the press conference that um, uh, walk softly, carry a big stick. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland did. I, I told people I was never one of these people buying into uh, Merrick Garland's a punk, all this stuff. Uh, no, no, no. Don't no. Merrick, Merrick Garland was a federal judge. Merrick Garland is very even tempered, mild mannered. Don't confuse that with being weak. OK, you remember you remember in the movie American Gangster, you remember the movie American Gangster with Denzel Washington, who's probably my favorite actor, Denzel Washington, playing playing Frank Lucas. And there's the scene where his brother paid by uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is there in the nightclub and Chiwetel Ejiofor wants to be like uh, Nicky Barnes and he's dressing flashy and he tells him Denzel tells him. The loudest guy in the room is the weakest guy in the room. The loudest guy in the room is the weakest guy in the room. Okay. We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me and she's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Sunday, um, August 14th, 2022, and we are live. All right. I want to go to uh, the press conference that Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, held on Friday. And what happened was after the uh, search warrant was executed on Monday. Now, keep in mind, people, Donald Trump said this was a raid. This was not a raid. Okay, a raid is when they come in your raid is when they come in your house, kick down the door, six o'clock in the morning, point guns at people, handcuff people, things like this, tear up the uh, tear the place up. That that's a raid. This was not a raid. Okay, Donald Trump is exaggerating, and then he started raising money immediately. He was the one who announced what happened. Okay, and he uh, uh, basically lied about what happened. Uh, he basically lied about what happened, and he didn't talk about the fact that subpoenas were, were uh, issued months ago, okay, and there was still uh, documents that he did not, classified documents that he did not turn over, okay? So uh, I want to go to this press conference here from, uh, this took place on Friday, uh, August, it was Friday with August 12th. Friday, August 12th, Attorney General Merrick Garland, um, who walks softly and carries a big stick, put the smack down on Donald Trump. And what he did was he filed a motion to have 
the search warrant unsealed so people can see what the what search warrant was for. Let's go to uh, clip number one, Giovanni. Good afternoon. Since I became attorney general, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the Department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. 
But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. All right. So that was Attorney General Merrick Garland putting the smackdown right there. And he usually the Department of Justice does not make announcements uh, about a search warrant like that. They only come out and make announcements once they have filed charges. Charges have not been filed here. Usually the Department of Justice doesn't do that. But because Donald Trump was calling for the search warrant to be unsealed because you had conspiracy theorists floating around with nonsense. You had the guy uh, who went and attacked the Cincinnati uh, FBI field office. They shot and killed him. Uh, what would you think was going to happen? Okay. But because all this is going on, Attorney General, so, so I don't think Trump and his attorneys thought Attorney General Merrick Garland was going to file a motion to unseal the search warrant, but he did. But he did. This is what happens. Donald Trump is going to learn that fat meat is greasy. Okay. Now, if we look at this article here from the Wall Street Journal, and, you know, for thirty nine ninety nine, because I, I had a subscription to the Wall Street Journal before, and it was after the introductory rate, it went up to $39 a month. I'm not paying Rupert Murdoch $39 a month for the Wall Street Journal, but they had a special offer, $8 a month. And when this article came out, because I went to go read it as soon as this article came out on, uh, it came out Friday, it came out Friday. So I said $8 a month, I'll, I'll pay Rupert Murdoch because Rupert Murdoch owns the Fox News channel as well. Okay. And he owns the New York Post, the right wing New York Post that punches a post uh, that prints a whole lot of conspiracy theories. That's Rupert Murdoch. But anyway, this article here from the Wall Street Journal. FBI recovered 11 sets of classified documents in Trump search inventory shows. FBI recovered 11 sets of documents uh, in Trump search inventory shows. And some of the documents are classified as top secret, sensitive, com uh, compartmented info. Okay, sensitive compartmented info. Now, when you go through and read this, when you have something that's top secret, sensitive compartment info, that's higher than regular top secret. And that that information has to be stored properly in a skiff. It can't be stored in a storage room at Mar-a-Lago. OK. And when you review type of uh, highly sensitive information, you review it in a self-contained uh uh, a self-contained room called a skiff. You can't take in cell phones in there. You can't take pictures. You can't take recording devices, et cetera. All right. So FBI agents who searched former uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home on Monday uh, removed 11 sets, removed 11 sets of classified documents, including some marked as top secret and meant to only be available and special government facilities. That's SCIF, okay? Meant to, some of them meant to only be available in special government facilities, according to a search warrant released by a Florida court on Friday. Now, the FBI agents, uh, the, the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation agents, FBI agents, took around 20 boxes of items, binders of photos, and, and a handwritten note, and the executive grant of clemency for Donald Trump's ally, Roger Stone, the dirty trickster, Roger Stone, a list of items uh, removed from the property shows. 
Also included in the list was information about the president of France, according to the three-page list. The list is contained in a seven-page document that also includes the warrant to search the premises, which was granted by a federal magistrate judge in Florida. Okay, now that so you have to understand when you get a search warrant, the police have to go to a federal judge, the authorities, the FBI, they have to go to a federal judge, present the evidence. They don't tell the judge who the target is, but they have to present the evidence and a federal judge signs off on a search warrant. Okay, so you had the you had the Department of Justice and the judicial branch of the federal government, the uh, a federal judge involved in this okay this wasn't some as they try to say on on fox news uh um you had uh steve scalise uh uh minority whip steve scalise out of louisiana he was on fox news fox and friends and he tried to insinuate uh it was some rogue fbi agents no this ain't no rogue fbi agents no you got a rogue former president get it straight steve and and, and isn't it interesting that it was two black Capitol Hill police officers who saved Steve Scalise's life when his behind got shot, okay? When his behind got shot a few years ago. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read eBooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A royal Pan-African summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African royal coronation ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, August 14th, 2022. And we are live calling 13-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number 
if you have a question or comment. Okay, I want to go back to uh, this uh, story here from the Wall Street Journal uh, dealing with uh, FBI recovered 11 sets of classified documents and Trump search inventory shows. Before we go back to that, hey, I want to remind you, you can register for the online history classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, we had a great, we had two great classes this weekend. Okay. If you missed the classes, as soon as you register, you can watch them because we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. Um, and you can watch them around the world as well. On Saturdays, I teach ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slavery, what they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, also, when I was on Roller Martin Unfiltered on Friday at the end of the show, uh, I did a plug for these two uh, classes also. Classes on sale, $60, regularly $130. We do the session Saturdays, normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes I have to change it because of my schedule, and um, sometimes I'm at events on the weekend, but I'll let you know uh, ahead of time. Then on Sundays, we teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, okay? Same time, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the information right here on the homepage of our website. The classes are regularly $130. They're on sale $60 each. We have a bundle pack where you can register for both classes for uh, only $100 for a very limited time only. You can use this information with your children as well. I would say the content is PG-13. Uh, visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. We also have the information in the thread of the broadcast also. Okay, the thread of the broadcast here. All right, calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. All right, so I want to go back to our lead story here. I want to go back to this article from uh, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and this one came out, uh, was on a, it really came out on Friday, uh, and it was updated on, uh, it was updated on um, Saturday, August 13th. Okay, name of this article, FBI recovered 11 sets of classified documents in Trump's search inventory shows. Trump allies claim the former president declassified the documents recovered from Mar-a-Lago. We're going to explain why that's a lie, because there's a process that you go through to declassify documents, number one. But number two, even if every document, the 15 boxes that were taken out a few months ago, and then the 20 boxes, around 20 boxes that they took out uh, on Monday, even if all that was declassified, because of the Presidential Records Act, of, because of the Presidential Records Act of 1978, that stuff does not belong to the president. It belongs to the federal government, and it's it is kept at the National Archives. Okay, the Presidential Archives. The the the, the outgoing president can't take that stuff with them. That's illegal. So even if all the documents were uh, declassified and there's a process to go through to declassify the documents. You can't just wave a magic wand and say they're declassified. Number one, from all the all the uh, experts, all the security experts, you have to go to the you have to contact the um, department that classified the documents in the first place to make sure that you declassifying the documents does not cause a problem, does not reveal secrets, does not put people's lives in jeopardy. You can't just make, wave a magic wand and say these are all these are all declassified. The other thing is, the other thing is, Donald Trump's dumbass doesn't read. 
So what does he need classified documents or declassified documents for? Donald Trump doesn't read. Why does he need documents pertaining to nuclear weapons as the Washington Post uh, reported on Thursday? Now, we don't know whose nuclear weapons. We don't know whether it's the U.S., adversaries, allies, things like this. But why does Donald Trump doesn't know about nuclear weapons and he doesn't read. So why does he need these documents? Who had access to these documents at Mar-a-Lago? The people in and out of Mar-a-Lago, people from all over the place, who had access to these? So if we go back to this piece here from the Wall Street Journal, the list includes, so you had around 20, the FBI took, uh, took out around 20 boxes of items, binders of photos, a handwritten note, and the executive grant of uh, clemency for uh, Trump's ally, Roger Stone, a list of items removed from the property shows. Uh, okay, so the list includes references to one set of documents marked as very uh, various classified TSSCI documents, okay? Top secret, sensitive, compartmented info. Top secret, sensitive, compartmented info, okay? That's an abbreviation, refers to top secret, sensitive, compartmented info. It also, now, sensitive, compartment, compartmented information, that's a higher classification than just regular classified document, okay? Three sets of secret documents and three sets of confidential documents. The list did not provide any more details about the substance of the documents. Now, Donald Trump's lawyers argue that the former president used his authority to declassify the material before he left office. While a president has the power to declassify documents, there are federal regulations that lay out a process for doing so. Plus, there's support that there's underlying supporting documentation to prove that you declassify the documents because the stamp that's on the documents gets changed from declassified to, from classified to declassified. So where's the supporting documentation to prove that he declassified the documents? They're just lying. They're just, they're just throwing stuff out there. The, the narrative changes from day to day. They're just trying to throw this stuff out here to see what sticks because it was Friday that Donald Trump came out and and said he declassified this. You didn't say that Monday when you sent out a letter to your database trying to raise money or, and claim that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. That wasn't a raid. They served a search warrant. We talked about this on Faraji Muhammad show on uh, Roland Martin's network, the Black Star Media Network, and uh, on Roland's Facebook fan page and, and YouTube channel. We talked about this. I was uh, uh, guest co-host on Wednesday, uh, that was Wednesday, August 11th. And uh, we discussed this with uh, Faraji Muhammad. Let's go to uh, clip number two, Giovanni. Here to talk to us about um, this situation and to give us some context as to what we're looking at. And more importantly, what should we expect as we move this whole situation forward is my brother, Brother Michael in Hotep. Uh, brother Michael has been doing the great work of using his platform as he is the host of the African History Show Network. Um, and it's live on, I'm sorry, the African History Network show uh, that can be heard live on Sundays from 9 to 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on 9, 10 a.m. WFDF. 
and he's also an, an educator as well as a contributor for Roland Martin and Filter and just an all around good brother. Brother Michael, thank you so much for joining me today here on The Culture, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Brother Faraji. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing well considering the situation. Um, so let's 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 <laughs> let's let's kind of break this thing down, man. Let, uh, you know, right. Because there are so many conversations, Brother Michael, about. Is this the nail? And for the in the coffin of Trump, uh, is this the beginning of the end for the former president? Now, you and I, we've been in. We've been on Brother Rowland's show. We've talked about Trump many, many times. Sure. But this just this this whole situation feels a lot different. You know what I mean? It, you know. Oh, absolutely. It feels a lot different. It feels a lot different. They used to call him Teflon Don. I remember that name that stuck with him for years, Brother Michael, calling him right. Teflon Don. That because right. there were so many allegations and accusations, and yet nothing would seem to stick. However, this feels different. Not only well, with that, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, the, the subpoena that, that the president was given months ago to right. ask for those documents, he didn't fully uh, adhere to that subpoena. And then he got this investigation happening in New York State with uh, the uh, state's attorney, Letitia There's James, our sister right. up there, around, mm -hmm. around the attorney general there, um, around uh, his business practices for the Trump organization. What is going on? Well, what's happening is this stuff is really catching up with Trump and he's getting hit from all different directions at the same time. And this is this is what I said was going to happen. I said he I said, you know, first of all, I wasn't sure if he was going to run for reelection, say, like a year ago. I wasn't really sure if he was going to run for reelection. Number one. And one of the reasons why I said that is because he's going to be hit with so many investigations. You have the January 6th committee and we see what's coming out of there. Um, and then also you have the Department of Justice doing their investigation as well, which goes even beyond the January 6th committee. Uh, you have the, uh, the, the subpoena and these classified documents. Now we found out back uh, during uh, early this year, back around February or so, about uh, 15 boxes of classified documents that Donald Trump had in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and they were recovered, uh, but we didn't know that there were still documents that were classified that were not recovered. So uh, we found out that, uh, well, number one, there's an article from NBC News uh, NBCnews.com from um, August 9th, which would have been Tuesday, Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. Uh, Trump's legal team was in talks with DOJ this spring over records stored at Mar-a-Lago, attorney says. And this goes back to talk. Uh, this goes back to talks between Trump's legal team and the Department of Justice as recently as early June 2022 over these documents. Uh, and then we see the reporting from the New York Times today, subpoena preceded search warrant and push to retrieve material from Trump. So um, it, and it was suspected by, by legal analysts and scholars that the search warrant was, number one, the last the last resort because they could not get these classified documents uh, through other means, through a subpoena. OK, number one. Number two 
it's, it's, it's suspected that these classified documents must be very, very important, very, very sensitive, because there's never been an FBI serving a search warrant on, on a former president's house. This is unprecedented, okay? And also it's important to um, understand, and a lot of legal analysts have said this, as well as Attorney DeMario Solomon Simmons uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered a couple of days ago. Uh, he said this was not a raid that was conducted on Mar-a-Lago. This was the FBI serving a, a search warrant. OK, uh, a raid is when they come in six o'clock in the morning, kick down your kick down your door, ransack your house, things like this. OK, this this was this was not a raid. That, that's the language Donald Trump used to draw sympathy because he's fundraising on this. OK, but right. yeah, but there's a, there's a there's a lot more. There's a lot more that's going to be coming uh, because this as, as far as we know right now, the this search warrant is not connected to the January 6, 2021 insurrection, as far as we know right now. There's still gonna be coming, there's still gonna be more coming from the DOJ dealing with the January 6 investigation as well. So stay, it's, a, it's a whole lot coming. We're gonna have some very busy news uh, cycles uh, coming. <laughs> okay, pause it right there, Giovanni. Okay, we're gonna pick this up on the other side of the break. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Thanks, Giovanni. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. Calling numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA and ACTA present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A Royal Pan-African Summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African Royal Coronation Ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. All right, that was a short break. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but that's fine. Okay, uh, in just a second, we'll go back to that clip from uh, The Culture with Faraji Muhammad. And then in the second hour, I'll play uh, the excerpt from Roland Martin and Filter when I was on Roland Show Friday. But I want to um, talk about this article here from the New York Times from August 12, 2022. Because Friday... Donald Trump came out and said that he declassified all of the documents, okay? The 15 boxes of documents that the FBI uh, uh, took in uh, early in the year because there was a subpoena. Uh, there was a piece from the New York Times, subpoena preceded search warrant and push to retrieve material from Trump. So we'll bring up that article because I have a ton of information on this. This has been an evolving, uh, an e evolving story, all right? But there was a subpoena that was issued 
uh, earlier in the year, and there were boxes taken out from uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago in uh, around February of this year, February or March or so of this year. Okay, so uh, and they tried to get the they tried to get the remaining documents uh, by a subpoena. And they couldn't get all of them. A Trump attorney signed off in June saying that you have all the classified documents. Apparently not. If we look at this piece from Charlie Savage from the New York Times, August 12, 2022, Trump claims he declassified all the documents in Mar-a-Lago. Even if that's true, it probably doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. Former President Donald Trump claimed on Friday that before leaving office, he declassified all all the documents the FBI found this found this week's search of this, found in this week's search of this Florida residence that agents described as classified in a list of what they seized. Now, if, if if Donald Trump declassified all these documents before he left the White House, why didn't he say on Monday? Why didn't he say that on Tuesday? Why didn't he say that on Wednesday? Why didn't he say that on Thursday? He manufactures this excuse on Friday. Why didn't he say that on Monday when he that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago? Why didn't he say that then? Because it's not true. That's why. Quote, Trump said in the statement, it was all declassified. Now, the claim echoed an assertion in May of 2022, the claim echoed an assertion in May of 2022 by Cash Patel, a former Trump administration official and a major supporter of Donald Trump after the National Archives, the U.S. National Archives found materials marked classified in boxes of documents it removed from Trump's Mar-a-Lago uh, club and estate. He asserted that Donald Trump had deemed those files declassified shortly before leaving office, but that the markings had not been removed from them. Okay, but you're supposed to consult with the agency that classified the documents as, as classified in the first place and the level of classification of top secret or, or whether it's um, um, sensitive compartmented info, because you got to make sure that you declassifying it does not put national security at risk, does not put people's lives at risk, et cetera. You just can't wave a magic wand. You, you know, in the, in the movie, uh, uh, men in black and they have that shiny flashy thing and they flash it and then the memory you don't have one of those as president to just de magically declassify stuff donald trump has offered no details but he is saying he made a blanket oral invocation that all that all the files he took to mar-a-lago were unclassified without making any formal written record that would be difficult to prove or disprove. That's not how you declassify stuff. That's not how you declassify things. And even if everything was declassified, based upon the Presidential Records Act of 1978, you still can't take it with you. It doesn't belong to the president, so you're still wrong. Even if there is no evidence that Donald Trump followed normal procedures for declassifying certain types of information, his lawyers argue that he was not constitutionally bound to obey such rules. You would think a former president would want to like ensure that they don't violate national security. You know, you want to make sure that you would think that 
a former president would want to make sure that classified documents, right, don't fall into the wrong people's hands, that they're secured properly. So what they're not asking on Fox News, most of them on Fox News are not asking, why did he take these documents in the first place? Why did he take these documents in the first place? If there's information about nuclear weapons, what does Trump need with that? Or does somebody else like Vladimir Putin need like Vladimir Putin need that information? But in any case, such a claim would not settle the matter. For one thing, two laws that a two of the laws that a search warrant executed in Mar-a-Lago this week referred to, sections 1519 and section 2071 of Title 18 of the United States Code. This is federal law, United States Federal Code sections. 1519 and 2071 make the taking or concealment of government records a crime, regardless of whether they had anything to do with national security. So Trump conjures up this lie on Friday, but I don't know who he bounces lie off with, bounces, you know, because you're still wrong. And it's still a violation of federal law. United States Code sections 1519 and 2071. They make the taking or concealment of government records a crime, regardless of whether they had anything to do with national security. For another, laws against taking or hoarding material with restricted national security information, which generally carry heavier penalties than theft of ordinary documents, do not always line up with whether the files are te technically, technically classified. That is because some criminal laws enacted by Congress to protect certain national security information operate separately from the executive branch's system of classifying documents created by presidents using executive orders as confidential, secret, or top secret. Okay, so these are the three classifications of um, like classified documents, confidential, secret, or top secret. So what they're saying is that this came out like Friday. He could be in violation of the Espionage Trump can be in violation of the Espionage Act. We haven't even gotten the charges from January 6, 2021 insurrection that he incited. He's got this that he has to deal with. In particular, a third law, the warrant references Section 793 of the United States Code, which carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison per offense up to 10 years in prison per offense. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. We got the topics, the guests, the opinions, and the facts. I'm your host, Brother Michael and Hotel. You know, we do a number of different topics here on the After History Network show. We do a current events of history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy to let us have consequences. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Okay, calling numbers 
7600-313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Okay, uh, I want to go back to uh, the article we were dealing with from the New York Times. This counters the lie that Donald Trump came up with on Friday because he came out Monday and he announced, he said, uh, Mar-a-Lago has been raided. That wasn't a raid. They served a search warrant. Friday, he came out with the lie and said, oh, he declassified all the, he declassified all of these documents, the 15 boxes that were taken out earlier in the year, and then the 20 boxes that they took out on money. He declassified all that stuff before he left. How did you have time to declassify all that before you left the White House when you were busy giving out pardons? How'd you, how'd you have all that time to declassify all these documents before you left the White House? You were so busy giving out pardons. I don't think you had time to declassify this stuff. You definitely didn't have time to go through the proper channels to declassify these. Read this article here from the New York Times. Trump claims he declassified all the documents at Mar-a-Lago, uh, even if that's true. Hold on just a second. Even if that's true, uh, even if that's true, it's probably it probably doesn't matter. This is by uh, Charlie Savage. Excellent, excellent article about Charlie Savage. Let's go back to this article. Then we'll go back to the clip from uh, uh, for me on for the Muhammad show, the culture on the Black Star Media Network, Rolling Martin's Network, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Calling numbers three one three seven seven eight seventy seventy six hundred three one three seven seven eight seventy six hundred is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Okay, so. Uh, the article goes on to say, but in any case, such a claim of declassifying all these documents would not settle the matter. For one thing, two of the laws that uh, that a search warrant executed at Mar-a-Lago this week referred to sections 1519 and 2071 of Title 18 of the United States Code. This is federal code, federal law, make the taking or concealment of government records a crime. The taking or concealment of government records a crime. Um, regardless of whether they had anything to do with national security. Okay. Yeah. We're going back to the second video here in just a minute from, uh, uh, the culture with Faraji Muhammad, uh, Giovanni in just a minute here for another laws, agaking or hoarding material with restricted national security information, which generally carry heavier penalties than theft or ordinary documents do not always line up with whether the files are technically classified. That is because some criminal laws enacted by Congress to protect certain national security information operate separately from the executive branch's system of classifying documents created by presidents using uh, executive orders as confidential, secret, or top secret. Okay. In particular, a third law, the uh, uh, a third law, the references was Section 793 of the United States Code, which carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison per offense, better known as the Espionage Act, better known as the Espionage Act. It was enacted by the U.S. Congress World War One, World War One is 1914, 1918. We did World War One in the 10 week online history class I teach on Sundays. 
from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. It was enacted by Congress during World War I, decades before President Harry S. Truman issued an executive order creating the modern classification system for the executive branch of the federal government. Now, as a result, the Espionage Act makes no reference to whether a document has, has been deemed classified. Instead, it makes it a crime to, re to retain without authorization documents related to the national defense that could be used to harm the United States or aid a foreign adversary. That could be used to harm the United States or aid a foreign adversary. Now, do you remember um, back in 2017 when um, Donald Trump had a meeting uh, at the White House and it, it meeting with Sergey Lavrov, uh, 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 ambassador to uh, Russia, uh, ambassador from Russia to the U.S., Sergey Lavrov, and uh, no U.S. officers were there in the room. U.S. media wasn't there in the room. Okay, But then Trump showed classified documents to the Russians there in the White House. Okay, you remember that? So, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, see, Trump, Trump is gonna mess around and find out that fancy. Keep Trump. This is this right here. He, he's gonna have to deal with this, possibly violating the Espionage Act. He's gonna have to and the January 6th investigation as well. Now, prosecutors could argue that a document meets, uh, uh, prosecutors could argue that a document meets that act's standard regardless of whether Donald Trump had pronounced it unclassified shortly before leaving office. By the same token, defense lawyers could argue that it fell short of the standard regardless of how it had been marked. Uh, but the problem is because of the Presidential Records Act in 1978, that stuff doesn't belong to the president. He can't take it with him. He can't take it with him, period. Belongs to the federal government. So any way you slice this, he's still wrong. Any way you slice this, he's still wrong. Okay, I want to go back to uh, this segment here. We talked about this on the culture with uh, Faraji Muhammad on the Black Star Media Network. I was a co-host. I was on for two hours uh, on Faraji's show on uh, Wednesday. This past Wednesday, August uh, 11th, or, or August 10th, Wednesday, August 10th. Let's go back to this clip, uh, Giovanni. Hey, 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 look, hey, Brother Michael, here's the crazy thing about this situation. Like, it's all coming now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's at the all same time. It's same up. time, bro. Like, like, and that's what that's, and that's, and when you look at how the president, the former president moves, right? Like, he can mm -hmm. handle one at a time. You know, he, I, I mean, let me tell you, he must be spending, I mean, money on over money and lawyers Absolutely. to handle all of the, all of the investigation. And if these, are, these well, aren't just like petty beefs. This is like keep, keep the mind, federal the, government. The Republican National Committee is paying his legal fees. <laughs> he got them to pay his legal fees. So they're paying his legal fees. And, uh, you know, once again, he, he's strong arming them. 
but I think a lot of this is going to implode. So there, there was a there was a poll taken. I think it was June uh, of this year, where about fifty percent of Republicans did not want Trump to run for reelection. They're looking at other people like Ron DeSantis, I remember reading Florida, that. Yeah. Yes, sir. things like this. And then when you have a search warrant like this from the FBI, this is totally unprecedented. Okay, and you're going to have more coming out from the January sixth committee. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to be more Republicans who want Trump to run now. Right, I right, think right, this is, right. I, th I think this is going to be really negative, especially with him railing against the FBI. Okay, this right. is supposed to be this is supposed to be the party of law and order. Okay, <laughs> they back they back the blue until the coup. They back the blue until the coup. So you can't be the party of law and order. Then you're coming out against the FBI. But then this morning on Morning Joe, if you can get this clip, if Roland can get this clip, man, play this on your show. This morning on Morning Joe, they showed a, a, a montage of commentary from Fox News from when you had the Hillary Clinton email scandal. And right. all these all these people on Fox News. Right. OK, right. we're saying that the FBI needs to investigate. They need to do search warrants, all this, that they were calling for the FBI to go after Hillary Clinton. OK, hey, 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 had, hey, let's, yep. let's, let me add to that. Yep. That, the, the, the big piece that's, that's, that was that was circulating on Twitter was Mike Pence's Twitter uh, tweet where he praised the FBI. Right. And he tagged real Donald Trump at that time. He tagged him and said, we thank the FBI, we commend the FBI right. for, for, for looking into this situation. He praised the institution. Right. Now you're talking about you're deeply concerned. This is, this is, and, this is, and, this, this is crazy. And, and the FBI director was nominated by Donald Trump, Christopher Wray. <laughs> the FBI director was nominated by Donald Trump. Okay. So now you have the, you have these commentators on Cool Plotter TV. You have them now railing against the FBI right. after he did not turn over all the classified documents. And it's important for people to understand the, the 1978 Presidential Records Act, okay? All those documents, even if Trump declassified them before he left the office, they don't belong to him. They belong to the public. He cannot keep those documents. He has to turn them over so they can be properly preserved. So even if he declassified all the documents, which would be yeah. problematic, because there's there, yeah. there, there should there's, there's supposed to be a process as you go through to determine you're supposed to get like some advice on whether you should declassify this or not. Okay, but even if he did declassify all the documents, they don't belong to him. He can't keep them, so he's still in violation of the Presidential Record Re Records Act of 1978. Hey, Paul, pause it right there, Giovanni, for me. Pause it right there. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines here. Just one second. I just want to show you the, uh, title of this one here and we'll deal with this, uh, after we go to the phone lines. Um, this article right here from the New York times also. So keep in mind, I read New York times, Washington post every day. I monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis, right? Trump lawyer told justice department that classified material had been returned. Trump lawyer told Justice Department that classified material had been returned. The lawyer signed a statement in June of 2022 that all documents marked as classified and held in boxes and storage at Mar-a-Lago had been given back because the FBI came early in the year to collect. And they got 15 boxes of classified documents. The search at the former president's home on Monday turned up more. So the attorney was wrong. Apparently, the attorney was wrong. Somebody ain't telling the truth. 
This is uh, August 13th, uh, Saturday, August 13th, 2022. Okay. At least one lawyer for former President Donald Trump signed a written statement in June 2022 asserting that all material marked as classified and held in boxes in a storage area at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence and club had been returned to the government for people with knowledge of the dossier. So why didn't Donald Trump back in June say, hey, I declassified everything. I waved a magic wand. I declassified everything. The written declaration was made after a visit on June 3rd to Mar-a-Lago, okay, by uh, J.I. Bratt, B-R-A-T-T, the top counterintelligence official in the Justice Department's National Security Division. The existence of the signed declaration, which has not previously been reported, this is why I do this research, because I've, I've been following this every day. We talked about it between Wednesday and Friday. So much stuff happened between Wednesday and Friday. I've been following this every day, all day. The existence of the signed declaration, which has not previously been reported, is a possible indication that Donald Trump or his team were not fully forthcoming with federal investigators about the material. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it could help explain why a potential violation of a criminal statute related to obstruction, obstruction of justice, was cited by the Department of Justice as one base for seeking the warrant used to carry out the day-long search of Donald Trump's home on Monday, an extraordinary step that generated political shockwaves. This is never, the, the FBI has never served a, served a search warrant at a sitting president or former president's residence. Stuff like that doesn't happen. Except when you got a criminal like Donald Trump. When we go, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to go to the phone lines. We'll go to uh, Eugene on line one. Listen to the After History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Back from, back from back from break in four minutes. Okay, stand by. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a heart. Give us a like on this broadcast. Who, who still needs to register for the uh, online history classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays? Back from break in two minutes.
Back for break in one minute. Stand by. Back from break in one minute. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio. All right. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Eugene. Hey, Eugene, welcome to the African History Network show. Thanks for holding. Tell us where you're calling from, Eugene. We have Eugene line one. Whoever we have on the line, let's go to the, let's go to the callers. Okay, we'll uh, get that straight. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. We lost Eugene. Eugene called back. We have a lot of information to get to uh, in the first part of the show. 313 313- Seven seven eight seventy six hundred is the call in number. Okay, uh, I want to go to. Uh, we're going to go to here in just a second, uh, Giovanni. We're going to go to clip three from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. We're going to go to that in just a second. Unsealed Trump warrant. We're going to clip three in just a second here. Um, if we go back to this article. From let me see which one is this one. Okay, yeah, this deals with Trump lawyer told Justice Department that classified material had been returned. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. Trump told Trump lawyer told Justice Department that classified material had been returned. The lawyer signed a statement in June 2022 that all documents marked as classified and held in boxes and storage at Mar-a-Lago had been given back. The search at former President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago on Monday turned up more classified documents. Somebody's lying. This is from August 3rd. Great reporting from Maggie uh, Haberman and Glenn Thrush for um, the New York Times. Okay, now there was a piece from, let me see here. We know that a subpoena was served because I, I have a ton of articles on this, so just bear with me here. Uh, we know we know a subpoena was served. Uh, subpoena preceded search warrant and push to retrieve material from Trump. So one of the things Trump said uh, uh, this week, hey, if they just wanted the materials back, all they had to do was ask. Look, man, your 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 attorneys have been just like this uh, article here from the uh, NBC News. Uh, your attorneys have been in contact with the Department of Justice before this, and they were out. Uh, early in the year to pick up documents. So don't act, don't act brand new with this. Okay. Don't act brand new with this. Uh, we look at this article here from, uh, NBC news. Trump's legal team was in talks with DOJ department of justice this spring over records stored at Mar-a-Lago. He says, so don't act like 
they just came knocking at your door Monday morning and you ain't know anything about this. Come on. Trump's legal team was in talks with DOJ this spring over record store that Mar-a-Lago attorneys say. Trump attorney Christina Bob said the FBI removed about a dozen boxes from former president, president, uh, president's Florida residence on Monday. Okay, this is after they took out 15 boxes earlier in the year. Now, Trump's attorney, Christina Bob, said Tuesday that the FBI removed about a dozen boxes from a basement storage area and that a search warrant led left by agents indicated they were investigating possible violations, possible violations of laws dealing with the handling of classified material and the Presidential Records Act of 1978, which is what I've been talking about. So even if everything was declassified because of the Presidential Records Act in 1978, you still can't take it with you. With her account, multiple sources have now confirmed to NBC News that the unprecedented search was related to classified material. Okay, so read this one also. I don't have time. This is from August 9th. This was early in the whole uh, fiasco. Read this one as well. But Trump's legal team, this, this, Trump act like they just came out of the clear blue. No, this has been going on for months. Run that on somebody that don't read, okay? Like Trump. Trump doesn't read. Run that on somebody that doesn't read. Okay, now we, uh, I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, and we talked about this uh, as well on Friday on Roland Martin Unfiltered, and we dealt with uh, uh, the documents, we dealt with the national security issue, all of this, okay? Let's go to this clip, uh, Giovanni. What's especially important is the FBI is saying, we think that he was not being forthcoming, him and his team were not forthcoming about turning those documents over. And I think that's going to be especially important as it relates to obstruction of justice, which is one of the charges that they're looking at. This idea that we gave you numerous opportunities to give us everything you were supposed to give us, and we had reason to believe you did not. And that reason to believe was asserted by the, the judge in the Southern District of Florida. The judge found that there was probable cause to believe that the FBI affidavit, as it was laid out, um, established that there was likely still those documents there. So I think from a legal perspective, that's especially problematic because if the facts were that they went first to the judge and just laid out probable cause and had never tried to communicate with his team to get the return of those documents, that would be a completely different issue. But here you've had at least two instances where you could turn those documents over and elected not to. And the fact that we found further classified documents, you know, is proof positive that you were trying to hide something. So I think that's especially important. And I think, you know, if he is ultimately charged, that's going to be something that a federal prosecutor stands up and says is that, you know, the Espionage Act is not only obviously acting as a spy, but also the refusal to return uh, classified documents. And finally, Roland, what I want to add is especially important is, as the doctor said before me, you know, the president has the unilateral ability to declassify documents, but there's a procedure. And I think that this really goes to show how Mr. Trump has always operated. Here are the rules. They don't apply to me, but they apply to everybody else. 
And if you don't follow the rules, then you find yourself in a situation where they're kicked during your resort, um, as they would do any other citizen in the United States. Because once he left office, he became a private citizen. So I think the, the FBI and DOJ has played this well, because I think they goaded his team into making public what they had clear right to do under the law and as asserted by the judge in the Southern District. Well, that's one of the things that I also, again, I find to be uh, quite hilarious. I'm going to bring in Killer Bethea, communication strategist, Michael M. Hotep, host of the African History Network show, uh, panelists as well. Uh, that's the thing to me that I find to be utterly hilarious, um, Michael, in that when you look at uh, Trump, one, uh, they huffed and puffed, and they were like, mm. okay, unseal it. And now they've unsealed it. And now what's even more shocking, and, and you notice the eerie silence. First of all, you notice how silent all these Republicans are about the shooting of the FBI office on yesterday. That's one. right. But they're, right. but they're very silent about Trump releasing the warrant and not redacting the actual names of the FBI agents. It's amazing how these people love to attack Black Lives Matter and others, yet these folks are very much anti-law enforcement when it suits oh, them. Absolutely. absolutely. Like I said before, number one, I said this back in 2017 when Trump became president. I said Donald Trump is the first Russian president of the United States. Now, you mark my words, you're going to find out that's true. I said that back in 2017 because I was warning our people in 2015 and 2016 about Donald Trump. For America, something like that. Malcolm Nance was right on point with this information. He's ahead of his time. But this right here now, also rolling. When, when news came out from the Washington Post yesterday that the, uh, that the uh, documents that the FBI was looking for centered around nuclear weapons, okay, then you also heard silence from Republicans as well. Mm -hmm. That took things to a whole nother level because people, now it didn't say whose nuclear weapons, U.S., allies, things like this, but just wait a second, classified documents or nuclear weapons, what the hell is this guy doing with this with this type of classified information? So you heard silence from Republicans again on that. So here, Donald Trump was selling wolf tickets, and he's the one that announced, oh, Mar-a-Lago was raided, things like that. That wasn't a raid. That was a search where it served. But then he immediately started raising money off of it. He immediately, he, he sent out, Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC got the email from the uh, from from the Trump organization asking for money because of the quote unquote raid. Okay, so he immediately started raising money from it. Then we find out that you could talk about uh, possible violations of the Espionage Act. Okay, you're talking about them looking for documents uh, dealing with nuclear weapons, things like this. This is a whole nother level. And and once again, this is Merrick Garland. People thought Merrick Garland was weak because he's mild mannered. Merrick Garland ain't weak. Merrick Garland called Trump's bluff, and this is yep. blowing up a Republican's face and Trump's face as well. Yep. All right. Welcome back. to You can kill the music. Kill the music. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, Future Radio. Okay, let's switch gears. Let's go to uh, the new, uh, latest developments in the Breonna Taylor case. We know that uh, last week, uh, you know, on last Sunday's show, we talked about the Department of Justice uh, has filed charges against four uh, officers from the Louisville uh, Police Department uh, in Kentucky dealing with the killing of Breonna Taylor in March of uh, 2020. 
Okay. Uh, we got the news this past week, uh, came out Friday, August 12th. Washington Post reported ex-detective Kelly Goodlett to plead guilty in Breonna Taylor case, her lawyers say. Ex-detective Kelly Goodlett to plead guilty in Breonna Taylor case, her lawyers say. Kelly Goodlett is accused of helping falsify a search warrant and uh, filing a false report to cover it up. Let's dig deeper into this. So former Louisville uh, Police Department Detective Kelly Goodlett, who's a, who's a uh, white woman, white female, intends to plead guilty this month to federal charges in connection to the fatal police shooting of Breonna Taylor and what would be the first conviction and what would be the first conviction in a case that sparked months of racial justice protests in that city of Louisville, Kentucky, and across the country. Now, remember the spineless uh, uh, black attorney general, who's a protege of Senator Mitch McConnell, David Cameron, uh, Daniel Cameron. Remember, he was too spineless to file charges against these officers. He filed charges against one officer, and that dealt with wanton endangerment. That dealt with the officer recklessly firing into uh, a neighbor's apartment. Okay. It had nothing to do with, uh, Brianna Taylor being killed. All right. So this is, this is what you're dealing with. Um, uh, so luckily we got the, uh, the department of justice is on the case and assistant attorney general of the civil rights department, uh, Kristen Clark. Okay. Is, uh, is on the case. All right. Let's go back to this article here. OK, let's go back to this article. Uh, Kelly Goodlett and her attorney, Brandon Marshall, along with Mike Songer, an attorney representing the, the uh, Department of Justice, confirmed her plea agreement, confirmed her plea agreement during an online court hearing Friday. Uh, this is Friday, uh, August 12th. Before Magistrate Judge Regina S. Edwards in the U.S. Uh, District Court of the Western District of Kentucky. Now, um, Edwards, uh, magistrate, uh, magistrate judge Regina Edwards in-person hearing August 22nd, 2022 to entertain that plea and released, uh, Goodlett on a $10,000 bond. Okay. Ordering her to relinquish her passport and remove all firearms from her home, ordering her to relinquish her passport and remove all firearms from her home. We're going to clip number four in just a second, Giovanni, from Roland Martin Unfiltered. Now, uh, Marshall, uh, her attorney, uh, Kelly Goodlett's attorney, Brandon Marshall, responded that Kelly Goodlett's ex-officer, Kelly Goodlett's husband, is also a police officer. He and Edwards agreed, and the judge agreed on an arrangement in which Kelly Goodlett's husband, who is a current police officer, will keep his service weapons in a safe, but reset the combination to one that ex-police officer Kelly Goodlett does not know. Now, Kelly Goodlett's uh, ex-Louisville uh, uh, Police Department uh, officer Kelly Goodlett is accused of helping falsify a search warrant and filing a false report to cover it up which could carry a maximum of five years in prison and a $250,000 fine, okay? So her charges are the least severe of the four officers. Now, Kelly Goodlett's testimony could be crucial 
as federal prosecutors pursued charges against three others, Sergeant Kyle Meany, uh, former Detective Joshua Jaynes, and uh, former Detective Brett Hankinson. They are charged with more serious civil rights offenses and could face life sentences if convicted. Now, we talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, August 12th. Uh, let's go to this clip, uh, Giovanni. All right, folks, one of the cops that the Department of Justice charged with the death of Breonna Taylor is going to be pleading guilty. Former Louisville Metro Police Detective, um, uh, she is, uh, first of all, Kelly Goodlett. Her attorney said his client will appear before a U.S. District Judge David Hall on August 22nd to enter her plea. Goodlett had to surrender her passport and was ordered to cease contact with co co her co-defendants, Sergeant Kyle Meany and former detectives Joshua Jaynes and Brett Hankinson. With Goodlett's guilty plea, she's expected to testify against her colleague. This will be the first criminal conviction related to Breonna Taylor's death. Uh, this, of course, uh, was, comes on the heel uh, of the Department of Justice. Uh, again, announcing uh, these charges uh, where they uh, hit them, uh, first of all, conspiring, if you will, that was with conspiracy, uh, if you remember. Uh, talking about how they were meeting in uh, parking lots, trying to plan their stories as well. Uh, this right here, finally, uh, some form of justice for Breonna Taylor, uh, Kelly. And it says a whole lot that already one of these cops, the, remember, the ones who get the first plea in, they're the ones who get the most leniency. Uh, and so by her pleading guilty, she's going to be rolling on those other three. But it's also kind of bittersweet in the sense that we are waiting, what, one, two, one, two years for some semblance of justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, when we had a uh, black attorney, uh, state's attorney, who would rather prosecute uh, someone for the destruction of a wall than the murder of a human being, um, I will never forget that. I will never forgive that. Um, so seeing this semblance of justice is comforting, but we still got a long way to go. Michael. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, Roland, you know, this is good news right here. I saw the article from the Washington Post. This is good news. Looks like her testimony is going to be crucial when it comes to getting convictions uh, on the other officers. Uh, she's looking at uh, up to five years in prison and uh, up to a $250,000 fine. Her um, her charges are probably the um, the least serious. But, you know, this is, this is the start. Uh, all, all of these officers should be found guilty. Um, and this, once again, I can't stress this enough. This is the result of voting. If, 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 uh, we didn't vote Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris in the office, you wouldn't have, uh, Garland, uh, Mayor Garland, Department of Justice. You wouldn't have these charges filed. The Trump, the Trump Department of Justice would not have done this. Um, Matt, again, uh, as we all, and as you know, on the, on, on the uh, criminal side, whoever's in first, they're the ones who are going to get the best deal. Uh, and so uh, it's abundantly clear she realized, man, we screwed up. Let me try to get this sucker out of the way and try to throw, my, throw myself on the mercy of the court to get as least time in prison as possible. Oh, she is absolutely snitching. There is no question. <laughs> she's about to think like canary. And, you know, if I were her lawyer, I might be counseling her to do that in this case, especially because DOJ brought very, uh, very astute charges. So instead of charging her with anything related to like excessive force or anything like that. They charged her with a conspiracy to falsify the 
the the um, the warrants. And the reason that's mm -hmm. really important is because people don't know there's actually a Supreme Court case called Franks v. Delaware, and this happens all the time. Criminal defendants, um, people who are accused, try to attack warrants because often police officers are either dishonest or mischaracterize things in a warrant. So to see it play out on such a high level is important, and for DOJ to have the wherewithal to charge her with that as opposed to something more attenuated is very good because I think obviously they backed her into a corner where she realized she was cooked. So she's now about to cook the others and sing like a bird and we'll see how those uh, play out. But that's definitely what's happening here. She's about to snitch, no question. And man, I think, I think, I think what's also interesting about this, remember when Eric Holder was attorney general, he talked about the high bar they had uh, to charge folks with violating the civil rights. These officers right. were not charged with violating the civil rights of Breonna Taylor. The Department of Justice, they were real patient and they waited. They waited and they, they spent their time talking to so many people and these officers screwed themselves by meeting privately and DOJ find, found out and that's what they hit them with. Absolutely. And the scary thing, Roland, is how often this happens in all the cases that don't reach the light of day, right? All the cases that are not at this level, the national level, um, and they're just as important, but we don't hear them happening as often. So I'm glad that DOJ was methodical and, and took their time. And look, the reality is when the feds prosecute somebody, it's way different than when the state does. The feds have like a 98% conviction rate because they have all the resources to really work out a case and they have, you know, the best expertise. So for them to not only charge her as astutely as they did here, but also to be methodical and, you know, uh, long thinking and how they set up their case, I think is good. And I think that's going to ultimately yield the appropriate results, because especially at this level, if you had a spate of not guilties, I mean, it would just kind of uh, upset the entire trust in the, in the system, which people already shouldn't have. The system we know is very flawed, um, should have it to a degree. Let me say that instead. But I think the way they approached this was very astute here, and I'm glad to see that they took the tack that they did. Uh, and again, I, I, for folks who don't understand, uh, and I can't stress it enough, Kelly, uh, the work that Christian Clark is doing as mm -hmm. head of the Civil Rights Division under this Department of Justice. Uh, I mean, and, and, and Attorney Ben Crump said this, uh, and in fact, uh, Carol, let me know if we actually, they ever sent us that doggone video from NABJ. Uh, I moderated a panel with him um, in Las Vegas at our convention last week, uh, and, and, and he did held a news conference about this particular case, and I specifically asked him uh, about uh, what work that she has done, and what he said was, and hopefully we can find the video, he said that this is probably, in his estimation, the most active civil rights division uh, since the days of Robert Kennedy during the civil rights movement. And, you know, shout out to Black Girl Magic on this one, right? You know, not to <laughs> do belittle it or cheapen it by any means, but I I am fortunate enough to know um, the 2% of Black women attorneys, a lot of them, right? And they are just incredible. And, and Attorney Clark is no different. I don't know her personally, but I'm familiar with her work. She is incredibly thorough. She is incredibly incredibly just smart and strategic and I don't doubt anything that she has done in her division and in her work. Um, this is expected of her because she has basically made the bar as far as excellence is concerned in this regard. So I'm not surprised. Um, but like I said, uh, 
even though the DOJ is a completely different division, um, a completely different jurisdiction, rather, um, it's just bittersweet to know that it took this long for a semblance of justice to be served. But I am more than happy that uh, Attorney Clark is the one to um, be on the path to administer that justice on uh, behalf of Bruce. You, you made a point earlier. Um, um, made a point earlier, Michael, of voting matters. Uh, and, yes. And, 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 and again, I, I, I keep saying this. I don't know what the hell this White House is doing. Uh, again, why they're not uh, doing more to trumpet uh, what's happening with the Civil Rights Division. Uh, but for the people, for all the people who keep yelling, oh, Biden is doing nothing. The reality is, uh, if anyone says oh, they do nothing for black folks, when I see these officers, when I look at the Amar Arbery case, when I look at uh, these corrections officers and wardens and others uh, who have been uh, tried, convicted, sent to prison, other police officers, folks charged with hate crimes, I mean, you are seeing results as a result of Biden-Harris winning, uh, Garling being AG, Vanita Gupta being the number two of the Department of Justice, and uh, right. and Christian Clark being head of the Civil Rights Division. I mean, this is what you this this is one of the things that you vote for. Yes, do we still want to see public policy? Yes, do we still want to see the Georgia Public Justice, Justice Act? Yes, do we still yeah. want to see For the People Act, John Lewis Act? Yes, but this is also what you vote for. Absolutely, and let's and let's keep in mind that. Um, Senator Tim Scott didn't vote for Kristen Clark when she came up for uh, Supreme uh, for the uh, uh, Senate confirmation. Susan Collins voted for Kristen Clark, but the Black Republican didn't vote for her. Okay, so uh, you know this goes back, Roland, to why the Department of Justice was created in 1870 during Reconstruction. They were created largely to protect the new rights of African Americans and go after uh, those domestic terrorists that were attacking African-American elected officials and Republican elected officials, things like this. This goes back to why the Department of Justice was created. So, uh, what? yeah, the, the, the Biden-Harris administration, when it comes to messaging, they're horrible. When it comes to accomplishments, they have, they have a, a lot of accomplishments and the... Um, the uh, uh, inflation, uh, the, the inflation uh, act, just uh, inflation reduction act of 2022, just passed the House of Representatives. That's another win. This past six weeks, Biden has been on a, has been on a roll, and this is they're peaking at the right time, uh, going to the uh, November 22 uh, midterm elections. But they have to message what their wins are. And once again, I, I encourage people to read the document. The Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black people and communities across the country. That's at whitehouse.gov. It's a 19-page document. It breaks down the, uh, the, the how the Biden-Harris administration policies are helping the African-American community. And uh, this is only through February 28th of 2022. So the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill is not in this. Jessica Tanji Brown-Jackson is not in this. A, 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 a many other wins that they have is not in this. So they have a problem with messaging, but also many of our people have to do better reading as well. Um, yeah, but again, I, I, just want, <laughs> I just want people to understand, again, why people act like, oh, these elections are no big deal. No, they matter. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. you got to show the hell up. And this is why you can't be asleep at what happens in November with these midterm elections. And Pause it right there. Okay, we're going to uh, pick it up there on the other side of the break because Roland comes back to me on the panel and we talk about uh, uh, the power of voting, why it's important to vote, because you would not have a Merrick Garland Department of Justice filing these charges 
if 16.9 million African-Americans did not vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because the Trump Department of Justice would not file charges. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right, pause it right there, Giovanni. Uh, All right, absolutely. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Now, let's look at this because we're almost out of time. Those are watching on Facebook and YouTube. Keep watching because we're going to go past the two hours. We, we got I got a couple more things to cover with you. Uh, so follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, because we're going to keep broadcasting. Read this document here. This is what I've been talking about. I'm the only person that I know of who has talked about this document. Nobody else. I'm on different shows. No, nope, I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. I watch MSNBC. haven't heard Joanne Reed, Tiffany Cross, Charles Blow. haven't heard. I don't get paid to do none of this sugar, honey, iced tea. And I haven't heard one person talk about this document that's at whitehouse.gov. This was updated February 28, 2022. This only deals with about the first year of the Biden-Harris administration, and it's 19 pages. And it breaks down how the pay, how the policies of the Biden-Harris administration are benefiting the African-American community. African-American community. When I was on uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's show uh, for two hours, two weeks ago, his radio show, I talk, I mentioned this. The Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black people and communities across the country. Go through and read this. So when you come across simple Simon-ass people who have absolutely no clue what they're talking about and say these policies don't benefit us, the first question I ask them is, what type of research did you do to come to that conclusion? Did you do a five-minute Google search? Because if you had Googled how have the policies of the Biden-Harris administration helped the African-American community, you know the first thing that comes up? This document I just showed you at whitehouse.gov. So I don't know where a lot of these people are but or, or coming from, but anyway, you know, it is what it is. Uh, this article here, I, I mentioned this on Faraji Muhammad's show and, and also briefly on uh, Roland Martin, and we've talked about it here. We deal with this in my online class that I teach on Sundays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. This is from the SmithsonianMag.com, okay? The magazine of the Smithsonian Institute, created 150 years ago. The Justice Department's first mission was to protect black rights. This was during Reconstruction, 1870. In the wake of the Civil War, the government's new force sought to enshrine equality under the law. Now, this is from July 1st, 2020. Yes, the Office of the Attorney General was created in 1789, but the Department of Justice wasn't created until 1870. The first uh, Attorney General under the Justice was Amos T. Ackerman, okay? Read this article as well. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're going to keep going for a couple more minutes. We'll talk a little bit about R. Kelly, and then we'll talk about my online class coming up uh, that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Visit our website theafricanhistorynetwork.com theafricanhistorynetwork.com right now it's correct wrong behavior it's not over till we win Wakanda forever we'll talk to you next time peace all right let me kill that music all right because that uh caused youtube to take the uh the flaggers all right i got a new board op so i gotta break them in uh because uh i got a new board op Jalen's not on uh for the next few weeks okay Let's keep going here. Now, uh, okay, so we've got that. And then, yeah, so read this article here dealing with the Department of Justice, okay? Read this article here dealing with the Department of Justice. And 
Once again, name of this article, created 150 years ago, the Justice Department's first mission was to protect black rights. All right. Now, uh, visit our website, uh, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. I'm, I'm going to do a, a brief uh, review of some of the things that we talked about this weekend uh, in the online classes. I teach one on Saturdays and one on Sundays. Uh, visit our new website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. You can register for the online history classes that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. We do the classes live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You don't have to be present in class. You can watch the class anytime. Okay. A year from now, two years from now, you can go watch the entire, entire course. Saturdays, normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Because of my schedule and uh, I'm at some events sometimes on the weekend, we have to uh, do the classes during the week. But even if you miss the class, it's fine. I don't take attendance. You can go watch it anytime, okay? This class is on sale $60, regularly $130. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, you can use your debit card or credit card to uh, process the payment. Even though it's on PayPal's platform, you can use your debit card or credit card or PayPal. It doesn't matter. If you want to do Cash App, email me through the website. We can do Cash App also. Uh, on Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we had a great class today. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So we start out in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase, and we deal with history chronologically. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. We deal with history chronologically leading up to the Civil War. Then we go analyze the Civil War, 1861, 1865-1865. Reconstruction era, 1865, 1877, Jim Crow era, uh, Great Migration, 1915, 1970, World War I, World War II, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, to understand what happened to us after slavery ended, the laws and policies put in place to suppress African-Americans, so we understand how we got to where we are today, so we know where we need to go from here. Okay. Hotep, everybody. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecturer, writer, and historian. And I want to give a special shout out to everybody who has attended the 11th annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. I just want to take a few minutes and uh, we had a great presentation that I did uh, on Saturday. So I teach two online history classes, uh, one on Saturday and uh, one on Sunday. On Saturday, the class that I teach, normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is called Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And this is normally a 10-week online class. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We can't start studying our history in slavery. Even when we study the transatlantic slave trade, which is important to study, we can't start in 1619 or in the 1440s with the Portuguese, when the Portuguese get involved in the transatlantic slave trade. We have to understand the history chronologically and deal with the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors, who enter into the Iberian Peninsula today known as Spain and Portugal from North Africa in 711 AD. When we discuss the transatlantic slave trade, we have to first understand that African people are the original people of North, Central, and South America and have been in the land we call the United States at least 51,700 years. Now, the second class I teach is on Sundays, 
normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called uh, From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Now, these classes are normally $130. They're on sale right now, $60. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded, so you can go back and watch it any time. So a year from now, two years from now, you can go back and watch the entire class. With both of these classes, I would say the content is PG-13. So you can use this with your children as well if you want to. Um, also, you can advertise with the African History Network. We have three new advertising packages. Our current promotion is buy one month to get one month free. We have a million followers at our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. And with our platinum package, um, we'll take our ads on our Facebook fan page uh, for you as well to um, help maximize your advertising campaign. And we take your 30-second and 60-second commercial we put into the rebroadcast uh, of our shows and also into the audio podcast of our shows as well. Uh, we only have 20 advertising slots because we have a finite amount of advertising space. Uh, email us at ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com, or call us 313-462-0003. All right, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.